0: Hey, this is Pastor Bob Steven, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. To be honest with you, we have it pretty easy here in the United States, but there's parts of the world right now that people are dying for Jesus they 're dying because they believe in him now I know that 's a, a bold statement, but there's this word called tolerance, right <clears throat> Everybody wants tolerance it 's a buzzword. Other groups in the world want tolerance, and yet no one 's out there advocating for tolerance for Christians, right in fact. As we all know, it's quite the opposite. And yet we shouldn't really be surprised, should we? Because you see, thousands of years ago, Jesus faced the same thing that we face right now. In fact, Jesus told us, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised when you face opposition because if they killed me, they're going to oppose you. So so we shouldn't really be surprised. You see, Jesus faced... Abuse, rejection, and ultimately he was killed for the very message that he came to bring. And what's crazy is the message that he came to bring was love. He was killed because of love. That's the message that he brought. I want to talk about that word love today. You see, the world defines love, if you go to the dictionary, as more of a feeling, right? Right? More of a feeling, right, if, if you look that up in the dictionary. But you see, God has a totally different definition of love. And his definition is not found in a dictionary. God defines love through action. You see, for God, love, and for Jesus, love is an action word. It's, it's not just something on a paper. It's not just something you say. It's something you actually do. And for God, love is really defined in two words, intentionality and sacrifice. Because you see, if you look at every act of love that Jesus displayed while he was on this earth and that God displays, it really has one of two purposes. It's either to do something for us, and that requires a sacrifice. And guess what comes with a sacrifice? A cost. So there's a cost to the love that Jesus gave to us, but also the intentionality part is intended to teach us something. So every act of love that Jesus did while he was here, did one of those two things. He either did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves, And that's the ultimate celebration that we're talking about today at Easter. We couldn't pay for our own sins. And so Jesus came to sacrifice, but the intentionality part of it, the reason behind it, the purpose behind it, Jesus' death on that cross and his resurrection was both. It was sacrificial and intentional. It served both of those purposes because his intention was to give us new life in him. New life in him. In Matthew 121, from the very beginning, we see that Jesus came to die and to save us. It says this, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins And then Romans 5, verse 8 says this. God shows his love. He shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. He died for us. That's the ultimate sacrifice because love for Jesus is sacrificial. That's how he showed us. I want to look at a few things in the last week of his life today that show both the sacrificial and intentional nature of the love that Jesus has for us. You see, Jesus knew he was headed to death, a torturous, painful death on a cross. And yet Jesus chose to move past the pain of that, right? Past the pain. And the whole time, not only was he sacrificing for us, but he was being very intentional in the other part of his mission, which is to teach us. Jesus taught us how to love each other, as Pastor Karen mentioned today in that last supper, how to love each other the way Jesus loved us, right? That was the intentionality part of what he was doing. Now, as the message that Jesus brought ruffled a lot of feathers, and we see that in the last week of his life. In fact, Monday, he spent the whole day teaching parables and confronting the religious leaders of the day. And the religious leaders of the day were not happy. They were not happy with the message of Jesus. And you know why? Because it messed with their theology. (laughs) It messed with their, not, it didn't mess with God's theology, by the way, it messed with their theology about what they thought God was all about. You see, they were all about religion. And here's the deal with religion. Religion says you have to perform for God to get him to love you, right? That's, that's what religion would say. And so what would happen is these religious leaders were pointing out to people, well, you didn't do this and that, and that, and they were condemning them, right? They were basically condemning them, making them feel worthless saying, if you want to get God, you got to do this, That's basically what their message was. Well, to say that that I don't even know what the right word enraged Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was not happy with that message when he saw it because he knew who God really was. He knew the real message that God wanted out there. And so Jesus was literally going at these guys. Okay. And one of, one of the scenes I want to take you to is found in Matthew 21. And it's when Jesus observes, he goes to the temple and he observes all this selling of things, okay, in the temple. And yet it's the religious leaders that allowed that, okay? So here they are talking, here the religious leaders are talking about how, uh, you know, holy, holy, holy that they are, making themselves look holy. But they're preaching and they're teaching an opposite of who God really is, Right? And so Jesus said, no, this, this is not right. And yet, so these holy men were allowing this to go on in God's house. And Jesus was not happy about it. So he goes in. You, you may remember the scene or have heard about it. He has whips. He's turning over tables. He's saying, no, I'm not going to put up with this. This is not what my father's house is all about. And so he goes in, turns over the tables. And he basically says, everybody get out of here. Anyone that's doing this, I want you out. So after he's done throwing them out, and that's recorded in Matthew 21, kind of verses 1 through 13. This is what verse 14 says. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And what did he do? He healed them. You see, Jesus was intentional about saying, look, this is not what my father's house about, but this is what my father's house is about. See, after he got done throwing, come on. After he got done throwing everybody out, he said, let me show you what my father's house is really supposed to be here for. To help people, to heal people, to have a place where people can come pray and worship. Jesus reminded us he was intentional. This is what my father's house is about. He showed everybody. Remember, love is an action word. For Jesus Love is sacrificial. Love is intentional. He's showing them what love looks like. You see, because we have a good father. We have a good father. That's what Jesus wanted everyone to know. We have a good father. Out of the deep love that Jesus had, were these people healed. They saw the house for what it's supposed to be. A house of hope. A house of healing. A house of prayer. And later in that week, Jesus continued... To confront these Pharisees and these teachers of the law. Well, you might say, but you know, Jesus said, you know, I'm supposed to love everybody. Yeah, he, he did love everybody. He loved the Pharisees just as much as he loved you and me. And But that's why he had to confront them. Because he loved them. He wasn't going to leave this impression about who, who they thought God was. He had come to show people who God is. In his person, remember, Jesus was fully God and fully man. Everything you and I have experienced, he experienced, and then some. And yet, he was God. In fact, one time he said, when you look at me, I am the perfect representation of God. Because people were wanting to know, well, what's God like? Who's God? Jesus said, "You're, you're seeing him right here. That's what Jesus said. You're seeing him. You see, the other reason Jesus had to confront these Pharisees and teachers of the law is because they knew better. They were supposed to know better. They were actually supposed to be teaching the people who God really was, and yet they were putting out a false message. And that's why Jesus wasn't going to stand for it. He wasn't going to put up with that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you who the real God is here and what I'm really like. Because the people needed to know the God of love and mercy, not some God of rules and regulations. See, that's why Jesus came, to show us who the God really is, what God really looks like, what God really means when he says love. Jesus was always intentional, and especially during this last week of his life on earth. You see, his mission all along was to show us what true love really looks like. Let me take you to another scene. Pastor Karen brought us to that Thursday night scene where he shared a meal, where they had communion. Well, right after that, he took three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, to a place called Gethsemane. Perhaps you've, you've heard of it. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. And he took them there for a very intentional purpose and very intentional reason. You see, Jesus had a very close personal relationship with his father, right? God, they'd seen him pray. They'd heard about him praying. They knew that. But Jesus wanted to demonstrate to these three men specifically, the power that comes from loving and trusting God, because Jesus knew that these three men, not that the others weren't, But these three men were going to play a very prominent role when he left. And the church was established. He had told Peter, you're going to be the rock that I'm going to build this church on. James would eventually lead the church at Jerusalem. And John, John would write some of the most beautiful words that we find in Scripture. And John was going to be put on an island all by himself. See, Jesus knew all this already. He knew what was coming for them. And so he he wanted them to see what it looked like to love God and to trust him. And even though Jesus was facing what he knew was going to be a horrible death that next, next day, he made a point of bringing them so that he could show them what intentional love looks like and what sacrificial love looks like. And so as Jesus Jesus finished praying that night, this is what we read in Matthew chapter 26, verses 45 and 46. The hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus knew he was about to be arrested. He had no doubt. And yet he walked right into it. No resistance. Jesus ran toward his sacrifice. He didn't run away from it. He ran. He knew the time had come. He was about to be arrested. And in doing that, his three closest friends, his three closest disciples on this earth saw firsthand what it looks like to persevere no matter what the situation may be. Jesus knew they were going to need this. He he knew they were going to need some perseverance power. (laughs) Once he left, he wanted them to see what that looked like. Jesus showed them to love and to trust God with everything that they had because that's what Jesus did. Jesus trusted his father with everything that he had, everything that he had. Jesus knew what was coming next. He knew he was about to be beaten and tortured, and it would end with his death on a cross. And he also needed to, uh, for these three men to see how to deal with pain, how to process pain so that you could point others to God. You see, Jesus... To to be honest with you, most people I think that really read the story, the suffering that he took on in Gethsemane in many ways was even worse than what he experienced on the cross because it says he bled out of every pore of his body. It's it's believed that in Gethsemane is where he was beginning that process of taking on your sin, taking on my sin. Just imagine that, and yet these, these three close friends, his disciples saw that. They saw that. Yes, it says they went to sleep. Okay. But trust me, they they saw some of this and Jesus told them about it. Because you see, the disciples really had no concept in their mind about what Jesus was getting ready to go through. But the next day, the world was about to see what intentionality and sacrifice really looks like. Everybody was going to see what that looked like. On his way to the cross, Jesus took all of the sin and the shame of this world on himself. Look back at verse 45 that we read. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus knew that he was going to die for the very people that were arresting him. You see, when, when he was being arrested at that moment, he knew, I'm dying For the person that's putting these shackles on me right now. I'm dying for the person who's going to beat me with a club. I'm dying for fill in the blank. All of the other things that he was... See, Jesus knew that. All of those ones that would later beat beat and torture him. He died for them. But here's the thing. Jesus had a mission. And on that Good Friday as he hung on that cross. Having been beaten and tortured. And humiliated and hated. Jesus showed us one last thing. Axel, if you can come. In addition to showing us what it looks like to sacrifice. What it looks like to be intentional. Jesus taught us one last lesson. He taught us what love looks like by forgiving. Jesus taught us what love looks like by forgiving. As he hung there. It's recorded in Luke chapter 23. Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. That's what he said. You see, his accusers were angry and it wasn't the right kind of anger like Jesus had in the temple. No, this this was a kind of anger that was born out of madness and insanity. They literally were out of their minds. They didn't know what they were doing. They had let their anger and hatred turn into murder the people who persecuted and ultimately carried out this feeble attempt of judgment against Jesus, they just weren't in their right minds. And Jesus knew they weren't in their right minds. He knew they weren't. And as he hung on that cross, he was giving us the opportunity. He was teaching us what it looks like to forgive. Jesus... During his ministry it said Love your enemies And pray for those that persecute you Jesus was living that out In this very moment This very moment He was living the words He was teaching us He was intentional Every word that Jesus ever spoke Had a purpose and had a plan Everything he ever did Had a purpose and a plan Because you see, Jesus knew that you and I were going to reach times in our life when we needed to forgive somebody that hurt us. And we needed to remember that emotions probably clouded their thoughts, that they maybe aren't in their right minds. And He showed us what it looks like to forgive. He knew that someone else was going to need mercy we were hurt and Jesus taught us to forgive and he taught us this that forgiving is not a feeling it's a decision forgiving is not a feeling it's a decision remember Jesus had emotions Jesus do you think he felt like forgiving them at that moment can't be there, I don't know. But I'm going to guess maybe he didn't really feel like it. But he made a decision to forgive them. Because he loved them. Because he loved them. Decision, forgiveness is a decision. And there's one last thing that I want to point out that Jesus did as he hung on that cross. He showed us that no one Has ever gone too far for his love to heal. No one has, come on, no one has ever gone too far for his love to heal. And the way that we know that is there's two thieves that were hanging next to him. They were both thieves, they both were not innocent of the crimes they had committed. In fact, they both knew they were guilty. Absolutely. And they deserved the punishment that they were getting. But there was something in the one man, something in the one thief, where he looked at Jesus, and he saw who he was. You know, the the thought that came to me actually is, Jesus told a story once, It was a story. It wasn't true. It was a parable, right? A parable is a story to make a point. Jesus had told a parable once about a son who threw it all away. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the parable of the prodigal son. He got everything, blew it all, messed messed his life up. And yet, and, and he was prepared for his punishment. He was prepared to live with pigs. He was prepared to be a servant in his father's house where he was a son before. But Jesus said the parable, when the father saw him coming back, he ran out to greet him. I believe that's exactly what happened with this thief on the cross. He looked at Jesus, knew who he was, said, yes, I know who you are. And that's all that Jesus needed. Remember I'm going to jack with your theology here for a minute. This, This thief didn't go to Bible study. This thief didn't pray some special prayer. This thief didn't do anything except one thing. He believed. And that is what saved him. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world those who would believe in him would have eternal life this thief yes this thief just experienced john 3:16 that's what happened that's what happened and so here's this thief looking for salvation, and salvation is actually hanging right next to him. Salvation is hanging right next to him in the person of Jesus Christ, and all he had to do was say, yes, I believe. And what was Jesus' response? Done. Done. Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. Just believe. That's what Jesus wants. the sorrow that that thief expressed for his sins and his faith in Jesus, his belief led him to be able to be with Jesus in paradise that day. Sin creates a barrier between us and God. That's really why Jesus came because everything good in our life comes from God. Every good thing. I want you to know that every good thing you have in your life it comes from God. You might think you've earned it. You might think, I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the very breath in your lungs, you can't do anything. So I'm telling you right now, every good thing you have in your life comes from God. And since every good thing comes from God, the opposite is true. That means everything evil comes from our enemy. So you see, without a relationship with God, we face a life without that covering vision and goodness of God. And we face an eternity without anything good. Friends, the message here on Easter Sunday is one of freedom. It's one of hope. It's one of love. Jesus gave up his life on the cross. And I want you to remember that he wasn't killed. He gave up his life. John ten eighteen. Jesus clearly said, nobody can take my life, but I freely am going to give it up. In fact, that's borne out because most people that study what happened to Jesus in his crucifixion, scientists, experts, medical people are in universal agreement. There's no way humanly possible, humanly possible that Jesus should have lived through the beatings and the torture before he even got to the cross. There's no way humanly possible especially after they pierced his side. No, my friends, Jesus chose to give his life for you and me. No one took it. He chose to give it. And while while his body was then put in the tomb, I know yesterday is referred to as silent Saturday, but it wasn't silent for Jesus. You know what he was doing yesterday? He was going and getting the keys to hell and death and conquering them. That's what Jesus was up to yesterday so when he came out of that tomb, he had some keys with him. He had some keys with him. He now had conquered sin and death, conquered the enemy as he promised that he would. And when he did that, he gave us a way to be free. He gave us a way. He set us free. Free from sin and our sin that leads to death. Sin that leads to the death of our dreams. Sin that leads to the death of our potential. Sin that leads to the death of our joy. Jesus set us free from all of that. And he did one other thing. Jesus took authority over our eternity. We say that right then and there, Jesus took authority over our eternity. Because now all we have to do is believe what he did. And we can be guaranteed to be with him forever. Love has won because of the sacrificial love of Jesus. Love has won because of the intentional love of Jesus. And love has won because of the forgiving love of Jesus. Will you just pray with me right now? Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. God, thank you for loving us enough to make a way for us to be with you forever. Father, your word has brought us hope today. I'm praying that it brings somebody specifically today the hope that they walked in here needing. Father God, someone here is hurting. Someone is afraid. Someone doesn't know what's next. And they're facing tough decisions in their life. And maybe... Father, there's people here right now that are facing a bad or a difficult situation. Father God, will you bring them hope? Will you calm their fears? Will you come into their heart right now? And Father God, let us feel and experience your love. Let us feel your nearness to us, guiding us and encouraging us. And God, for the person who may think they're too far gone, Will you just remind us and reassure us that you've been pursuing us from the beginning of time and that you will never stop. It is never too late. God, we pray that your sacrificial and intentional love will just permeate our hearts and touch each person in this place right now.